we're back. Um, yeah, I am in your living room or maybe your bedroom if you have some of us were up at eight o'clock this morning. Um, but yeah, it's good to be here. Um, and today we are carrying on the series of Mark, uh, the Gospel of Mark, basically. Um, and if you have not caught up on the last six uh, talks that have been done and a bunch of devotionals, then can we recommend that you watch them back? Because basically, the Gospel of Mark is literally a life-changing series. Um, I'm going to go through some of the topics that have been spoken on, because if you need it, go find it, um, and today's topic, we'll get onto that in a second. Um, so basically, the Gospel of Mark series, the first one was about God keep foundational right there. Um, the second one was about taking authority over evil. We live in a spiritual battle, um, and if you want to know more about uh, sort of the spiritual battle that you might be facing or you might be uh, living with and how Jesus can get involved, definitely head back to that one as well. The third one was uh, seeing the kingdom of God in your life and in others. I mean, we've been worshipping, like just trying to connect with heaven and just who God is and him connecting with us back and just thinking that, wow, that we can be part of what God wants to do on this earth. You know, the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on heaven, as on earth as it is in heaven. So that was the third one. The fourth one is really a prelude to this one as well, was fighting fears with faith. If you are fearful... If you are fearful because of lockdown, you've got to a point where you can't get out of your house because of fears. Um, I would highly encourage you to get back to that talk um, and fighting your fears with faith. Um, if you are experiencing fears about your children going to school, um, if you are experiencing fears about returning to your work office, or just other fears that we fear, uh, experience outside of coronavirus stuff, is a really good talk to head back to. And also, how to put your faith into action. If you are struggling with getting your faith beyond the point of uh, A to B, um, how can you get it back into action? Jump back to that one. So the Gospel of Mark is a life-changer book, as are all the Gospels. So we would highly recommend that you get into that. And today's talk is hopefully going to be as helpful as all the other ones. Um, the topic is courage, because um, you might have fears, but you also might have faith. And your confidence in who God is, that is what faith is. Um, but you might need courage today to get to the point of action. So that's what we're going to talk about. And the title is, if you'd like to have a title written down, because um, I'm guessing you're taking notes whilst at home, like you would be at church as well, right? That doesn't change anything. Um, is that taking courage when the odds are stacked against you. The title is, taking courage when the odds are stacked against you. And it's going to be based out of the book of Mark 7, 24 to 30. Um, but it's also going to use Matthew 15, 21 to 28 as well. And why we're we using two books this time is it's a matter of perspective. So we have four Gospels, right? And they all account for different stories of when Jesus was around. Um, and often it's good to have two perspectives or more because it helps round out a story with a bit more depth. So, for example, we have three cameras in the room. You might not know that. Um, so we have Stu on this camera right here. So this is camera number one. He's giving me a wave, so I'll send it back to you. Um, so that is one perspective. You get a fairly close-up view of me. And this is a little bit like Mark. The view that you have now is a little bit like Mark, in that it's not so detailed. It's not um, quite so full as the book of Matthew's version of the story. 
So the book of Matthew's version of the story is a little bit like this camera here, our camera two, which is the close-up on this side. Um, so this would be a bit like uh, the book of Matthew. It gives a little bit more detail, a bit more perspective, and it will um, help us round out our view on the story. So let's start off with Mark 7, 24 to 30. So if you've got your Bibles, got your Bible app, please do open it. Um, and let's read it through together. And then we'll go on to Matthew 15, 21 to 28 to read them back to back. So let's have a look. It's titled in my Bible, The Syro Syrophoenician's Woman's Faith. So I'm just going to shorten that to the woman's faith. <laughs> um, so it says, And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast a demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may go, uh, go, your, go your way, and the demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed, and the demon was gone. So that's Mark. So we're now going to flip over to Matthew. Uh, just to remind you, Matthew 15... 21 to 28. Same story. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, nearly oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be, done, uh, be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. So there we, we have the two accounts. We've got the two perspectives. And um, this story is a remarkable story of courage. This woman is uh, very inspiring. So if you need someone to be inspired by this week, spend more time just looking at this story. It's only six verses. And um, we're going to just break it down a little bit like a movie. So we've got um, Jesus, and we've got our lady, and I'm just going to give her a name, so it's a little bit more personal. We're going to call her D. So we've got Jesus and D, and at the beginning of the story, they're actually in two very different places. So Jesus, if you look at all the chapters before that and what we've been building up to, he has been traveling extensively on foot over water. He has been healing. He has been teaching. He has been telling all sorts of parables. Um, he has uh, been delivering uh, demons from people to the point where, uh, with one guy, the demons went into pigs and they ran off a cliff. Also a very interesting story. Read back on that one. Um, and he's been doing all sorts. He's been speaking to like groups of 5,000 people. 
Um, if you have had a long day at work, you know how tiring it can get. Um, and the point that Jesus has got to here, he is going away to a place. Um, in Matthew, it says that he is trying to withdraw. Um, and if you do a little bit more research, I mean, things to doubt about it as well, is Tyre and Sidon wasn't a place that had many Jews. It was maybe a Gentile town. So the fact that he was going to a town where his ministry wasn't going to be big, he was trying to withdraw. He was trying to take a bit of time out. He'd done a lot of stuff up to this point. Um, and it says that he was trying to avoid people, but this, this woman, D, found him. So um, we've got to the point where Jesus has done all this stuff. He then gets to the Tyre and Sidon. He's trying to have a break with his friends. So we know at least him. So the, there's a group of 13 there already. Um, and he's now trying to chill out. So that's where Jesus comes along. So then we've got this other story about this, uh, this lady called Dee. And she lives in Tyre and Sidon already. So the interesting thing about her is that she's already heard about who Jesus is. She's heard it on the grapevine. She's heard it maybe at the school, school gate. She's maybe heard it uh, from the local cafe. She's maybe been to the shops. She's hearing about Jesus. Um, and she is already anticipating the fact that he might at some point turn up where she lives. Um, to the point that when Jesus does get there, she's on it. She is like ready. She knows who Jesus is. She knows what he can do, and she thoroughly believes that he can do it for her and her daughter. So she's in a state of readiness when Jesus comes. Um, and just to sort of put out to the parents, I know we've had a, um, just a bit earlier, we've prayed with parents and that sort of thing. But just say, just this is a mum. So if you're a mum or a parent, this is something you can relate to. Um, or even if you're an uncle, aunt, whatever. If this woman had a little girl, so it didn't only just say girl, she had a little girl, and she was fully aware that her little girl was possessed by an unclean spirit. And we don't really talk about uh, demon possession much, but this is why I refer you back to uh, part two in our series where it says taking authority over evil. So if you want to know more about that, head back to that one because we're not going to touch on it much today. But we've got mum, we've got Dee, and she has a little girl. And she is aware that her little girl has an unclean spirit. And so with that in mind, we look at the scripture and the, the scholars and the commentary people say that in Matthew, the, the words used, although it says, what does it say? She came crying. Actually, the more accurate description of that is that she is shouting. She is pleading. She is desperate. Um, so I don't like as a parent. I don't know if you've been in a situation where you've been desperate for your child, um, and so she's intervening on her daughter's behalf, her little girl who is at home. Um, so parents, be encouraged to plead and pray and seek God on your children's behalf because it makes a difference. Um, so so yeah. So we've got this mum who is absolutely desperate. She is crying. She is willing to shout and scream in a public place. Um, and she, is, she knows who Jesus is and she knows that Jesus can make a difference. So this, these are our two characters and they get, they have this meet point in uh, Tyre and Sidon. And um, yeah, so we now get to the point where they are together. Their interaction, the big moment that we're building up to here. The interaction is that she is probably all over the place. She is causing a public circles are literally saying she's being a bit ridiculous. Jesus, send her away. 
Um, and we've got Jesus and his disciples, so a big group of men, which is quite intimidating in the first place. And um, we've now got a bit of a commotion going on. But there becomes a pause. Uh, you'll see that Jesus doesn't answer straight away. So we've got her loudness, her desperation. We've got this group of 12 guys going, Jesus, you do not need to be dealing with this. We've come away. Um, but Jesus takes a pause and does not answer straight away, which um, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that in general in terms of how we respond to things. Um, but yeah, we will uh, yeah just look at what Jesus does next. So D is pleading with Jesus. He's literally on her knees pleading with him. And um, Jesus then says to her, but do you know that I'm here to feed the children? When you're at the table, the bread is for the children. And Jesus' ministry was mainly to the Jews at this point for sure. There's only been one recorded instance specifically where Jesus had uh, healed the centurion's son. So I don't know if Dean knew of this story, but Jesus' ministry had been mainly to the Jews. And he is just saying to her, look, I, I'm here to, to minister to the Jews. And, and it is not for me to feed the dogs. And the dogs in this story isn't a derogatory term. Again, a bit more research goes into it. The dogs are actually pets, the way Jesus is describing them. And he's saying, you know, it is not for, for me to feed the dogs at this time. Um, but she, she understands and this is where, you know, understanding is really important. Getting into the word is really important. And her response is going, Jesus, I know. I know, I know what you're talking about. I've heard this. I've heard you're speaking, teaching, and bringing your ministry mainly to the Jews. And um, her response is profound. She goes, I understand, basically, Jesus. And Jesus spoke in lots of parables, didn't he? He spoke in ways that weren't always that clear. So I, there's a little bit of where I think Jesus, is part of his response to her is a little bit unclear. But because she understands who he is, she is able to respond in a way that blows him off his feet a little bit. And she goes, well, I understand. I understand that I'm not the child at the table, but even the dogs will get the crumbs from the children. And um, she's going, I know you're here to minister to the Jews, but I am here and if you can give me something uh, at this point in time, Jesus goes, gosh, yes, I can. Your faith, your faith, woman, well done. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot to be said in that as well. In asking, pursuing, asking more than once uh, when you pray for things. Like, don't just pray once and go, oh, nothing happened. Pray again, pray again. Pursue the heart of the Father because he is compassionate. Uh, for those that he loves. And um, so, yeah, so there's a lesson there. So how does this relate to courage? How does this relate to overcoming barriers? Well, let's just go through a few of the barriers that this woman overcame to get to the point where Jesus, she encounters Jesus, and uh, Jesus then heals her daughter. So the barriers that she overcame, one, she was a Gentile. She wasn't a Jew. So that was already a barrier. So you had Jews maybe up here, Samaritans, some were here, Gentiles right down here. So her odds were stacked against her there. Um, she was a woman in her culture. Uh, women were not on the same level as men. So then to go and approach a group of at least 13 men was not culturally done. 
Um, so that's another barrier that she overcame. Um, third barrier, she already knew that Jesus' Jesus's ministry was to the Jews, not the Gentiles. Fourth barrier, I imagine she probably experienced some social exclusion, isolation, withdrawal due to her young daughter um, uh, and sort of the impact that would have had on her emotionally and just her family. Um, and then number five, the other barrier would have been the fact she was literally just making a scene. The dis disciples show that by saying, well, you can go away. You're being embarrassing. You're being ridiculous. Um, we don't need you here right now. Um, and so she experienced five barriers, and she pressed on regardless. One, because she had courage. She knew who Jesus was. She knew what he could do, so she was going to go ask him to do it. Um, so, yeah, so in terms of courage and barriers, it's um, a really remarkable story to say, what do you need courage for right now? What do you need uh, that extra impetus to go and do that God is asking you to do or that you are pursuing God for, but you are stopping because you are letting the barriers stop you? You know, barriers are there, but you can press through them a lot of the time. Um, so... So yes, so we're going to come to the, the sort of the takeaway points and hopefully some helpful things for you to think about this week. Um, point number one is at some point your faith needs to overcome your fear. Faith is confidence in who God is and who he says he is and who he says you are. Um, your fears are completely the opposite of that. They will tear you down. So at some point, your faith needs to overcome your fear. What does that look like for you? What does it look like? Um, two, your faith plus courage leads to action. Faith is a, it's great. It's great that we can know who Jesus is and that we, can, we could lock that in and have that for ourselves. But also we know what Jesus teaches about uh, loving one another, serving the poor, uh, going and telling the nations about the, the gospel and all sorts of things. So your faith plus your courage will lead to action. And action is a doing word. It'll get... So I'm just going to invite the band up now. And we're going to make one last point, which I think is our really key point for today. Um, and... We're just going to, I've got a little illustration, a little visual prop, because I do like visual things. Um, and we're just going to go take a look at that. Okie pokey. Right, so this is my little visual cue. These will all be very familiar to you by now. Uh, I've got some hand sanitizer. We've got the face mask that... Uh, uh, sort of, yeah, that we need to wear and some surface wipes um, and we have the cross which might not even fit in shot to be honest because it's so big I found a smaller one but hey um, so the point that I want to make about this in terms of courage is that the danger is as Christians we can sanitise our faith especially in a very British society or maybe from your own cultural perspective you'll be able to relate ideas is that um, you know, praying out loud, socially awkward. Uh, praying for people on the spot, on the street, don't embarrass yourself. 
um, uh, screaming after somebody because you know that God is in your heart and has something for that person. Um, just there's so many ways that we can sanitize our faith to fit our culture. Um, and, you know, if I was to put this on, you know, it just, it takes away a little bit of what's already there or covers it up. Uh, it covers up Jesus a little bit. It, it maybe sanitizes that. If I was to wipe the surfaces down, it takes takes the germs away. But it's um, it's a dangerous game to play sanitizing your faith. Really dangerous because actually you're watering down the gospel, and you're you're minimizing the chances that you have to share God's love with other people. Um, so, and the last example is the mask. By sanitizing your faith and stepping back from doing things that might take some courage, you are reducing your voice. You are reducing uh, the voice of Jesus uh, in, t- in your society, in your life, in your culture, and it muffles it. And it becomes a point where you start, you might not grow so much because you're trying to keep things, you're trying to uh, keep things safe. So my encouragement to you as we come to a close is to pursue courage. Know who God is. Like our, our woman Dee, she knew he was, who he was. She knew exactly what he could do. And she was expecting that he could do something for her. And he transformed her life and trans- transformed her daughter's life in a few moments because of her courage. So can I encourage you to think about are you sanitizing your faith at the moment are you putting restrictions on god that he does not need and um are you setting your expectations for your own faith life too low can they be higher um, and can jesus work even more in your circumstances your situations your personal life those around you as well so i will leave you with those thoughts um, the band are just gonna give us a response and if you would like prayer, the prayer button is there. Um, how that works, because we've had a few people click the prayer button today, um, but not then engage. If you click the prayer button, it opens up a private chat window next to the public chat. Um, so do click that button and um, have prayer today. Have prayer for boldness, courage, for an increase in faith and expectancy. And um, yeah, be encouraged today. <laughs>